Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the twelfth chapter. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel! And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Jason Kashmer. Imagine Jesus on the night before his entry into Jerusalem on what we know as Palm Sunday. This event is described in John chapter 12 in Matthew and Mark's Gospels. Verses 1 and 2 of John 12 read, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Paul Meyer, in his excellent book, In the Fullness of Time, describes this evening as one of Jesus' last happy nights at a dinner party given by his friends. The Roman soldiers, the whip, the crown of thorns, and the cross are only a few days away, but at least they are a few days away. The next week would be filled with tension as Jesus' enemies pursue him, his disciples misunderstand him, and his treasure betrays him. But on this Saturday evening, perhaps his last calm night before the storm of Holy Week, what is he thinking? Is he anxious, frightened, concerned? 
Does he feel like the student the night before a final exam or the account manager who has a major presentation the next day? Perhaps his response to Mary's action gives us a clue. Mary anoints him with an expensive perfume, pouring it on his head and feet and wiping his feet with her hair. It is an extravagant act, considering the expense of the perfume. Judas claims it was worth a year's wages, about 300 denarii, and should have been sold and the money given to the poor. But Jesus silences any would-be objectors with this. He links the act to his burial. He adds, you will not always have me. However Jesus is feeling, and whatever he is thinking, let us make no mistake, he is no victim. The events of Holy Week will not surprise him, nor catch him off guard. He walks willingly to Calvary to empty himself, to pour himself out as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world, to die in your place and mine. Now Jesus is risen from the dead. The tomb is empty. He is ascended to God's right hand, where he intercedes on our behalf. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we believe in him and live. We wait for the trumpet sound. We wait for his triumphant return and the eternal life that he brings. We are called to be witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. And in doing so, let us take a cue from Mary. Let's be honest. It was wasteful. A year's worth of wages on perfume? But that's the point. When was the last time you wasted something on God? When was the last time you were extravagant toward him? Too often we are like Judas, strategizing and measuring our response to God to suit what is best for us. Yes, God, I I know I am to give you an hour a week, but can we just keep it to that? The service really doesn't need to go more than an hour. We've got plans. Yes, God, I, I know I am to give you an offering, but of course, after I've paid all the other bills, why are we stingy with God when we should splurge on him? This makes no sense at all. We wait and long for an eternal existence outside of time. Why do we guard our time here so selfishly? Should we not be looking for excuses to give time to God in worship, in Bible study, in service to him and our neighbors? And the money? Earthly things mean nothing, even less than nothing, when the trumpet sounds. How then are we not all tithing? How then are we not all giving to God our first fruits in an effort to spoil him, to go over the top like Mary did? In our lives of witness, mission, devotion, and discipleship, the human tendency is to do just enough. No, instead, let us be like Mary and love God and serve our Savior to excess. Amen.